high school and high school, we would go to have dances on Fridays at the gym. And the boys would be on one side and the girls would be on the other side. And you go across the, all the way across the gym floor to ask a girl to dance and she'd turn you down. And you ask the next one, she'd turn you down. And then you'd ask her, you know, you're not getting with so you gotta go all the way back across. And all your friends are over here laughing at you. <laughs> was a long time ago, but he is still playing music. For more than five decades, Osei Chandler has been spinning records that mark the moments of life, school days, social movements, life, and death. He towers above most crowds at six feet three inches, and then there is that trademark voice, a rich bass that has floated across the airwaves on his show, Roots Music Karamu, since 1979 on South Carolina Public Radio. It's one of the longest running radio shows in the country. So let's talk with Osei Chandler about the music, his message, and that voice. Has your voice always had this quality of being so deep and resonant? Good question. Actually, I always had a heading toward baritone voice. But in somewhere in the late um, 70s into the mid-80s, I had a tumor on my pituitary gland that caused me to have a condition known as acromegaly. Really, some commonly known as gigantism, okay? My my hormones were going crazy, and my voice got deeper. And when I finally corrected the, the situation, got the tumor taken out, my voice kind of, it didn't go all the way back to what it was. It stayed a little bit deeper than it was. So I hate to tell people when they, I don't tell them, but they say, well, I wish I had a voice like yours. I said, well, get yourself a tumor on your pituitary gland, and you might know. You might get there. Well, that's interesting. I mean, who, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that you had to, to experience something like that, a, a health condition, a medical crisis to, to get to where you are. But in, in some way, it has worked out to be what it is. And, and it's one that we've come to appreciate greatly. So Osei Chandler, for more than 40 years, you have been raising consciousness through music. It's a blessing. You know, I always, I always went, when I went away to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to try to help uplift the community. I graduated from high school in 1964, right in the middle of the civil rights movement and at the beginning of the black power movement. And I wanted to make my contribution. And um, doing it through music was such an easy way, not easy way, but a, a, I don't know, satisfying way because people get a message and they don't even know they're getting a message, you know? And it kind of says, sit, sit, sit in there and marinates and, and try to, I was trying to bring a Pan-African consciousness to people's minds so that they understand that we are not in this alone here in South Carolina. We came from um, a, a history that predated slavery and we had culture in it as well. So it's been my pleasure to have this opportunity and I'm grateful that I've had the chance to do that. Who introduced you to music? I grew up in Brooklyn, and uh, Brooklyn, New York, at the time I grew up, it was like a 
patchwork of different cultures, subcultures, I guess you could. If you, if you went like four blocks uh, in one direction, you're in a German neighborhood, another three blocks in a, in a different direction, you're in a Puerto Rican neighborhood, go back the other way, you're in an Italian neighborhood. So there's always some kind of music always around. But my father, who I did not grow up with, was a musician. And my mother loved music, so in my house, growing up, my mother could sing. She used to sing with my father's band before they broke up. And um, she'd have, have, we had Ella Fitzgerald, we had Nancy Wilson, we had Ahmad Jamal, all the jazz, everything was right there all the time. You have certainly been exposed to all different kinds of music, but you settled, it seemed, in the area of reggae. <laughs> Pan-African music. I'll tell you how that happened, though. I think it was probably 1978. I learned about uh, WSCI. They had a studio on Broad Street. And a friend of mine referred me to Tony Robertson, who had a, a show on Wednesday nights. And I had a nice collection of jazz, and Tony Robertson's show was a jazz show. You remember Tony Robertson? I remember him very well. Yeah, he's my good friend now. So I went to visit him there, and I bought a few records with him. I didn't have any intention of playing music. I was just going to let him play something on the radio. But when I looked around the studio, I said, this is just like the studio I had in in, uh, college. And Tony said, well, would you mind playing a couple of records for me? I want to go downstairs and get something to eat. But don't open the mic. I said, okay, I played a couple of tunes. And by the time he came back from the hungry lion downstairs, he asked me, uh, would I like to back announce the songs that I played? And I said, okay, I did. He said, well, it looks like you can handle this. He said, oh, say, look, this is my last day. <laughs> and uh, if you'd like to take over the show, I can show you what to do. And I said, okay. <laughs> Eventually, they, um, they approached me, Marshall Warnock and John Dozier, I think, with the was managing the station. He said, look, we got another space on Saturday. You want to do another jazz show there? I said, well, how about we do a Karamo? Karamo is a Swahili word that means feast. And I said, we're going to do a feast of African root of music. And I made this choice along with some help from Jack McRae, who I just met. And uh, he said, yeah, that would be a good idea. Give him something different. So the original concept for the Roots Music Karamo was to show, just like we are people, but eventually, uh, a fellow came along and did a, a, a Louisiana show, and another guy came along and did a the guy came along and did a set, uh, Latin music, so I said, I better stake out my, t- my territory here in the Caribbean. <laughs> and I focused on uh, reggae. Oh, say, what's your, um, who are some of your favorites or um, that you would recommend we listen to and and what gets you going? What what motivates you? Who are the artists who you listen to most often? I gotta tell you, I never play every any time you listen to the Roots Musical Rum, each hour, you're gonna hear at least something by Bob Marley. Okay. He was a he was a visionary. Well, he wouldn't say he was a visionary. He would say he was just doing expressing himself. But his music was so deep and so inspirational to so many people that you live to hear him sing a song or somebody do one of his songs right? on the Roots Music Karama. Um, uh, other artists, I don't know, I love her in the, in the jazz. 
I we have one. Okay. <laughs> well, if you had more than one, somebody said, well, which one is your favorite? You wouldn't. You couldn't say. It depends on what day. Let's <laughs> <What time. laughs> keep an open mind. And that's all. I, and, and don't say you don't like it until you've heard it and tried it first. You know? I got some country music. Country. Willie Nelson. I got Willie Nelson doing reggae songs. Okay. Did, did you say Willie Nelson did reggae? He doesn't have locks, does he? Lock. Locks. Dreadlocks. Okay. What do you think about rap? I'm not too excited about rap. You got some groups that respect their old school, like Morgan Heritage or something like that. I won't say them, but I'm not just going for the. Um, I, I just don't feel that other stuff. So no need for me to fake the funk. You know what I mean? <laughs> not at all. You have not only used music to reach people, you are a professional counselor. My first job in South Carolina, I was working with the uh, South Carolina Department of Labor, where my job was to assist migrants and seasonal farm workers uh, who worked out in Edistow and Johns Island and uh, even in Daniel Island back in the days. And then I came on to the Educational Opportunity Center, where it was my job to assist adults to go to college so that they can get You are blessed indeed, and you bless others. I very often, when I hear any mention of Lopiles, I, I think about you immediately and your association with, you know, encouraging children through athletics and sports. Soccer is international, internationally renowned sport, and so when kids in our black community, I mean, the kids can learn soccer. That gives them archery to so many things, you know. And it was really a, a thing I stole the part because of my wife, Sadiqa. Um, when she moved south before I did, and she brought my two boys down, and she enrolled them into a soccer program in North Charleston. When I finally came down two years later, um, it became my job to take them to practice. And I took them to practice one day, and uh, the director of the parks department up in North Charleston asked me, would I take over the coaching position until the, the regular coach back from sea he was in the navy but he never came back <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we had our first we had a first so we had two seasons up in north charleston before i moved downtown and i had such success with seven black kids on a, on a team that was primarily white and in our league that was totally white and i said shoot if i get these other brothers young brothers down here involved we can do well in the um charleston area youth soccer association and uh South Carolina Youth Soccer Association, and we did. It was probably one of the best things I ever did besides having kids of my own. I know that family is very important to you, and your family has changed in a lot of ways. Yeah, I love my family, and I'm grateful to my lovely wife, who 
family when I wasn't even thinking about family, <laughs> you know. And um, she was just an amazing person. I'm not, you met Sadiqa before. Yes, yes. Beautiful, beautiful woman. beautiful woman. beast. Chandler, it has been such a pleasure spending a little bit of time with you and, and finding out more about what drives you after 40 years of uh, raising consciousness through music. You continue to do so, and we are grateful for your many, many contributions. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Well, you're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk. Let's Talk is produced by David Dixon and Eric Johnson. I'm the host, Carolyn Murray. We welcome your comments and advice on our podcast, so please write a review and share the link with others. Thanks again for listening to Let's Talk. Goodbye until the next time.